Hello and welcome to a special episode of Is It Rotten? I am your host, Edward V, and today I am accompanied by Taylor once again. She finally made time for me amongst her vast sea of friends, and we'll be discussing Captain Marvel. Before we get started, I just want to let you guys know the podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and you can tell Alexa to play Is It Rotten Podcast, and she'll queue it up for you. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Is It Rotten Cast, all smooshed together. And you can follow Taylor at Awkward Zero W One. Captain Marvel has a runtime of two hours and three minutes. The directors are Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. It stars Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Jude Law, Ben Mendelsohn, Annette Benning, Lashana Lynch, Clark Gregg, Jimma Chan, and many more. The plot summary. Carol Danvers becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races. The current percentage on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie is 78% from the critics and a 56% from the viewers. This is a lot lower than it was when the movie first came out, but I didn't rank high enough on Taylor's friend list to see this sooner, so. (laughs) What are you even talking about? Anyway, this is going to be your spoiler warning here for Captain Marvel. It's been out for about a month or so, something like that. And, uh... We're just going full spoilers, man. If you haven't seen it yet, um, I just recommend watching it. You can listen to this on mute. What? <laughs> no. Anyway, so... You got all the notes, right? You're ready, right? You I'm know not to, ready. You know what to talk about. Why don't you start? Uh... No pressure. <laughs> you saw it more than than I did. Mm-mm. I only saw it, like, twice. And you saw it, like, once. is twice, three times. is. So, if the math is correct, you've seen it... One, two times more than you. More than me. <laughs> Period. Exclamation mark. Alrighty, then the beginning of this movie um let's see where to begin where do your notes start oh my notes start like as an overall like what i felt about the movie that's good we can start there so for me because i'm used to movies with more characters in them Mm -hmm. and more stuff going on there really wasn't a lot of that in this movie Mm -hmm. there were only really her and nick fury which is not a bad thing, um, but I don't know. I feel like if they would have 
like added more characters and things like that then they would have had to have found a way to like say oh that's why they're not here anymore in the upcoming movies and things like that so but I really liked it it was I didn't really know what to expect going in because I don't watch review like I don't watch I don't watch trailers or anything like that so I thought it was super duper neat I liked the costumes um well there's just one costume for her but like I liked a lot of the clothing in it a lot of the 90s stuff was pretty cool Mm-hmm. So that was neat. Also, Blockbuster made an appearance, which was also pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so did Radio Shack. It did. Um, also, they said this in uh, that other podcast, the Nine Inch Nails shirt was pretty cool. Yeah. Like grunge fashion in general. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was a good movie. Overall, I really liked it. That's good. That's good. Uh, I found the uh, list of questions that I that I ask you on the other podcast that we do. So, the first question is, how did the film make you feel? What aspects worked well and which didn't? It made me feel elated, but most superhero action adventure movies do, because that's what they're supposed to do. You know what, though? I didn't really like... Okay, so this is kind of going off topic. I didn't really like the soundtrack as much. I didn't feel like... I don't feel like it had a lot of good score... Like think they mentioned this too but they didn't have a lot of like scores that like really went into like the mood of the scenes of the movie mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. so that kind of like took away from like my immersion in the movie but um yeah i came away feeling like pretty interested in like i mean going back to that universe is pretty cool but i think i'd go see it again yeah that's good that's good that's yeah, good i think so too yeah, I liked it. Um, I liked it. Yep. That's it. End the podcast. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it's not the best of the Marvel catalog that they have so far, but it does what it needs to do, and that being introducing this character uh, into the universe right before Avengers Endgame so that they have you know her established as a character and her basic power set and her level of strength you know to give you an idea of what what she could possibly do uh, and what she could possibly add to the team so um some of the things that that this asks about uh, direction cinematography acting editing and soundtrack you already mentioned soundtrack um the fact that this had two directors uh they it's been talked about that there was a male director and a female director and it's like you could feel in the movie at times where it was the guy director being like hey we should do it this way and the female doesn't you know just things that are more blatantly obvious and about you know some female things that you can tell were from a male director's point of view but if like a female was directing that scene they wouldn't have been so blatantly obvious about it um i can't recall off the top of my head those exact things but that's uh that's one that's one of the things that's been discussed in regard to this movie uh, cinematography and acting and editing the editing uh, how did you feel about the editing um, I'm not a huge stickler about it in general I felt like it was pretty se- like I felt like it was pretty seamless there wasn't anything where I was like that doesn't look right or mm-hmm. anything like that so I felt like it was pretty good in that respect the acting the acting was okay like I didn't have a problem with the acting at all like I thought the acting was really really good like I'm like 
big on how lines are delivered and things like that. Like, if mm. I feel like everything feels too scripted, then I'm not generally going to like it, and it wasn't. Like, it didn't take me out of the movie at all. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what causes the major turning points in the narrative? Wait, what causes the major turning points in the narrative come? What? That's, that question makes no sense. Yeah, but you know what it means. Do I? What does I, it mean? Explain it to me. Answer it. What was the question? I, what? <laughs> oh, no, my battery is about to die. What causes the major turning points in the narrative? Her getting dropped off back at Earth. Her having flash... Well, actually, the scrolls making her have flashbacks back to her time on Earth. And then finding out that she is from Earth and then having to fight against the Kree mm-hmm. warriors, which mm-hmm. she thought she was a part of. Right. Cool, cool. The end. <laughs> okay. I'm going to uh, kind of read off some of my notes that I took here while I was listening to other uh, podcasts and stuff, kind of putting words uh, to the thoughts that I had. I kept hearing about, uh, I kept hearing the argument that it doesn't need to be set in the 90s. Um, while I can understand why people are arguing or people are saying that because the movie touches the 90s stuff very mildly, uh, I think the main reason they did set it then is so that the stuff with the Tesseract lines up as well as to explain why Fury has a pager to call Captain Marvel for one and two to explain why she hasn't been called upon in previous movies you know it's just it's obvious for them to set it during that what's up I mean I feel like there's been a lot of emergencies between the 90s and well, it it has been argued that, um, because you're referencing that in the movie, she says to only use the pager in case of, like, emergency, um, but it has been argued that Fury, when he assembled the team, he felt that, um, they were capable of handling the threat, like, he, in Avengers... Uh, Infinity War. He waited until the very last minute when Earth, when people were literally disintegrating around him. In the first two Avengers, they were able to take care of the problem. That team that he assembled was able to take care of the problem, so he didn't actually need to call out to her. Had they gotten to a certain point where stuff was just going completely wrong and the Avengers were dying left and right, then perhaps he would have thought, okay now's the time but they were able to solve the problem in both cases so perhaps he didn't feel he didn't uh perhaps he didn't feel he needed her assistance her level of power because she's just she's too op she would have made the movie a lot shorter than it than it was the math checks out yeah yeah (laughs) so that's that um I've also been hearing a lot of people uh, were not at all surprised that Jude Law and company were the bad guys of the movie and not uh, and not actually the scrolls on the basis that we've already established that the Kree are bad and I think that's messed up. Um, so this movie takes place in the past so saying it's obvious they were bad says they were always bad 
and never had a chance to be good and have an event that make that made them bad or something that happens at all. Like Darth Vader. Exactly. <laughs> like Darth Vader. Darth Vader wasn't always bad. So it was just like it was just it was just kind of annoying that people are saying like coming out of the movie at the end and then, you know, people saying Oh, I thought. I mean, it was it was obvious that the that the Kree were the bad guys because because in in movies that we have now they're the bad guys. So when I was watching it, it was like, why? Okay, I thought they were the bad guys, but it's like it's just. I think I feel like that. I, mean, I don't. Know, I don't want to say it's narrow minded, but just. I don't think it's necessarily narrow minded, but I feel like sometimes people feel like they need to have a negative view on something to sound smart when they're talking about it. Maybe. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. The whole format, because there's more that I have here about this, but um, just the format that they're taking with this, the MCU as a whole, and it being episodic theatrical films, it, I, I feel like people are approaching it in the wrong way. They're, they're, I don't, how do I say this? Because it's supposed to be looked at they're supposed to be viewed as one big story but people in the way that we have social media and access to the internet and you know stuff the fact that marvel disney is saying oh we have a spider-man movie coming we have a doctor strange movie we have a black panther movie it's like people are taking that news and at the end of infinity war you know such and such people are killed but they're like oh well those movies have already been confirmed we know they're going to come back and that that was so irritating to me because in Infinity War, like I was about to cry when Spider-Man died <laughs> because I was in the moment. I was watching the movie and I was there. I was present. But it's like people were saying that they were watching the movie and that moment didn't do anything for them because they were like, oh, well, they already confirmed another Spider-Man movie. So why is this supposed to do anything for me? And it's like that you're not just you you're not going to the movies for the reason you're supposed to go to the movies you're supposed to be in that moment be there be like you're supposed to be fully immersed in that experience instead of thinking about outside parts of it yes or even like the comics or like people are talking about like like whenever people like compare it to the comics while they're watching a movie or something like that that's not what you're there for because you are there to watch that movie yeah i mean i understand the whole comics argument and stuff like that because it can be um, it can be a little distracting when you when you have a source material that you're supposed to, that you're thinking that something is going to be based on, and you go in there and it's not according to that comic. But that's like because I've I've had you know I've had that before. It's like but it's not like oh man they didn't do it exactly how they did it in the comic. It's like okay sometimes you can't take something from a comic and directly adapt it to film because it just doesn't translate like that. It's I don't know, but just the people looking in the outside world, looking in the real world when you're sitting in a movie theater, you're supposed to be in, in, uh, what's the word? When you're supposed to be immersed. locked in. Yes, there you go. Immersed in the film that you're watching. You're supposed to be in the world of the film, not thinking about everything else that's going on in the real world. Like, I don't know. Maybe that, I don't know. Maybe that's a me thing. I don't know. But like, it's just like I said, like with the whole Spider-Man thing, it's like, 
I was I was moved during that whole scene when people were disintegrating and stuff. I wasn't thinking about, oh, they already confirmed another Spider-Man. Oh, they already confirmed another Black Panther. No, that's irrelevant because in the universe that this that these movies are taking place, these are real people that are dying off. This isn't, oh, I'm coming back. Don't worry. You know, it's, it's that that whole thing. So, yeah. You seem a little stressed out about it. <laughs> it's just it's just infuriating. I see where you're coming from though. It's man because it 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 has to do with them trying to make these movies for wide audiences. But even still people that are like comic book fans and stuff are still doing the same thing like oh they've already confirmed but it's not like I don't know because like it, it, just thinking about it and trying to explain it and break it down right now is like people that our movie and film fans are going into this like okay sure it was a cool action flick or whatever but it wasn't a technically sound like good film you know so it's like it doesn't really deserve to win an oscar or whatever because it's not like a film or whatever i mean and i can understand that view from it so they're not going in being immersed like they would for whatever i don't know freaking a star is born or whatever other anyway i know what you're saying but also you have the comic book people going in they're enjoying it because when i went to the midnight showing for infinity war like when spider-man died there were people yelling at the screen like no we just got him back like (laughs) it's like that's there were other people in there just emoting and feeling what was happening on the screen it just it's it was great it was great and it's just it's just annoying hearing people talk about it like like it's just it's just a movie man but do their experiences invalidate your experience no no but it, yeah no it doesn't <laughs> but that doesn't make it any less like just to enjoy the moment why are you thinking about stuff that's to come be in the moment and enjoy what's there it's like you because you're not being in that moment and enjoying the thing that you're watching right then and thinking about stuff that's to come it's detracting from your positive experience that you're supposed to be experiencing in that moment that you paid to see that you paid to see and you're thinking about stuff that's to come and it's just and then you come out of there sour because it's like, oh, you feel like it didn't have any stakes because they killed off people that are supposed to be having upcoming movies. But it's like, no, they killed off people in this world to these people that are in this movie. They are dead, <laughs> you know, so it's like you, you know, but you can't. It's just it's people, man. Anyway. <laughs> I don't I where, where was I? Okay, they make movies take place in the past, blah blah blah. Hear people talking about they're surprised. Oh, so it, it makes me mad when I hear people sound surprised and give the are you serious look when someone says it wasn't obvious to them, going back to the Cree thing. Also, not everyone has an encyclopedic not encyclopedic knowledge of everything that's happened in the 10 years of these movies so just because ronan was shown to be bad in guardians of the galaxy it does not mean that the entire race of kree are bad ronan was also shown to be a rogue radical type in guardians so i feel it's not an accurate portrayal of an entire race of beings 
Second, in the comics, the scrolls are canonically the bad guys. So people with that knowledge, like myself, <laughs> have a reasonable argument to the fact that the twist could come as a surprise that the scrolls were not the bad guys in this story. It's just it's just disgusting to me that people are being so one-sided with the twist in the movie and not examining other possible viewpoints. So I didn't know anything about anything when I started watching the movie and I was very surprised. <laughs> See? So it's not it's not like uh, just because I think in the sin cast they said that's I forget who said it but there's it's like there yeah like yeah I saw it coming from a mile away because in previous you know previous movies the Kree were shown to be bad so it was just like it wasn't a big surprise to me and I'm just like that's that's such a one-sided way to look at it that's so one-dimensional and this is a three-dimensional multi-dimensional world and it's like but in, in anyway that's just one of the it's another note that I had uh pertaining to that that was uh, a bit infuriating about things people are saying about the movie so what else you got you got, you got other notes here i had a problem with her hair a big problem well so whenever what always pulls me out of movies is whenever there is a girl character who has her hair out of a ponytail blowing around in her face because i used to do sports and stuff like that and if I wore my hair like that, my hair would constantly get stuck in my sweaty face and it would get aggravating it in my eyes. And there's no way that somebody who's fighting battles and things like that is going to be able to function with their hair in their face. It just bothers me. It takes me out every time and there's nothing that's going to change that. Like, I don't care that it, they were trying to make her look pretty or whatever. Like, you can't do that to me. Well, there is a, sp there is a point in the movie where during the fight, her hair gets in her face and she makes a point of blowing it out of her face. That would have happened a bajillion times more if this was real life. <laughs> it's not, though. Get these girls some hair ties, please. But she has the helmet that gives her the cool mohawk when she's, like, in space and stuff. That's cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else you got? You got anything else? I have a couple more notes here. Tell me about it. Tell you about it. Okay. Um, let's see. Now there's a point where Jude Law calls Brie Larson and tells her to... Okay, I know where this is going. So there's a point where um, Jude Law's character, I forget what his name is, calls Brie Larson's character, Carol, and um, tells her to turn on her tracker and uh, so that they can find her. And, and something in me was just like, nah, turn that tracker off. <laughs> something just didn't feel right, so... I will say that much about the whole thing that I was saying about the Kree and whatever, yeah, as far fishy. as the twist go. Yeah, so it's like so when he, because he said it both times that he got in contact with her, he's just like, yeah. So just make sure to keep your tracker turned on so we can find you. And it's like, mm, I, mm, nah, I, I think you should turn that off because that something feels fishy about that. But yeah, um, another point I'm hearing is men saying that they don't see how this movie is empowering for women. And I don't think men should be saying anything about that whatsoever because they are men and not women. That's like all those white dudes out there saying how they couldn't see how Black Panther was empowering for black people. Like you can't speak on it because you will literally never know because you are not in those shoes. 
with that said I can absolutely see how women would feel empowered by this movie. Captain Marvel is showing people up left and right in the movie. She's showing how she doesn't owe anyone anything and doesn't have to appease the expectations of a man. It's shown especially towards the end of the movie in a scene with Jude Law. I've heard men say it like I've heard men say that it's not empowering to women from critics that I respect in the business and I just don't. I don't think it's fair for them to say that it isn't at all because they're men and they literally do not know. So from a woman's perspective, what do you think? So there were parts of the movie. Well, I have feelings about. I have feelings about movies because so I don't like to be pandered to and I don't feel like this movie was pandering. Um, there was a part of the movie whenever he takes um, that bit out of her neck, or whenever she's trapped and she can't use her powers. Um, and that's kind of like an interesting part of the movie because it kind of like shows that her power, like obviously her powers get taken away, but also um, how she's under the thumb of somebody who's trying to control her. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of interesting. And then whenever she like kind of like turns that back and she's like actually I didn't need you the entire time right um which is a really cool part because like there are people that I know in my life that have um it's just a really cool part of the movie I think it was really empowering and I do think it's a problem whenever somebody who is not directly affect directly affected um starts saying stuff um like with their opinions because sometimes people are like they they feel like they need to have their opinions heard regardless of anything mm-hmm. um and you know whatever but you know we don't have to listen to them um brain fart there's elevator music playing in my head right now <laughs> you answered the basic question that's fine so from the mouth of a woman herself she felt that it was empowering but i don't speak for all women she doesn't speak for all women. She had to. Grow. I'm just one person. Yeah. And that's that's something. I mean, unfortunately, that is something that you have to clarify now because somebody will always be offended at every little thing that you say. And it's it's the nature of the Internet and social media. And you know. somebody's going to come for me in my DMs. It is going to be scary. <laughs> I hope not. Don't DM me. Alright, how does the film end? Is everything resolved? How? If not, why not? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, because that's not how you get new prosthetic eyes. That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. Prosthetic eyes? Remember whenever he gave him the tray of fake eyeballs, Nick Fury? We haven't talked about him at all. Oh, that's right. I had a problem with that. I don't know if it was any different in what year was this movie supposed to have taken place in? 95? I think it was 95. But they, like, make those eyeballs right in front of you from your existing eyeball. Like, somebody, like, sits there and they're like, okay, this is what your other eyeball looks like. They don't just hand you a freaking tray of eyeballs that are different (laughs) colors. Like, I mean, if you wanted to have one blue eye and one brown eye, then whatever. But that's just not how that works. I didn't think anything of that uh, in the movie. I, I just <laughs> laughed at the fact that they, like the first time I saw it, I just laughed at the fact that he just brought him a tray of eyeballs. So, 
were you as infuriated as other people that his eye was he lost his eye from us the scratch of the flurkin is it a flurkin is that how you say that yeah i mean how everybody was afraid of the flurkin and everything the entire time i think i think it's fine i don't know originally how he was supposed to have lost his eye I don't know, it just, uh, in one of the previous movies, I forget which one, somebody asks how he lost his movie, and he just says uh, that he trusted, he trusted someone that he shouldn't have, or something, something along those lines, basically saying that he just trusted somebody. You just said how he lost his movie. (laughs) Did I? (laughs) Hmm. How he lost his eye. (laughs) All right. I think you're losing your movie. No. <laughs> yeah. He just said he lost it because he trusted somebody that he shouldn't have or something like that. That's a pretty interesting way of saying that because then it could leave it open to like anything. Like I guess he shouldn't have trusted the flurkin as much as he trusted the flurkin to like mess with it and stuff like that. Yeah. Because like upon second viewing, I did notice that he specifically said that he trusted, you know, he, he trusted the flurkin not to eat him or something like that. So, I guess you could stretch that to me that he trusted it enough to not harm it or whatever. But, yeah. So, that's that's that. And everybody, you know. Are you hearing those weird noises, too? Yeah, it's coming from my side of the table. Whenever we both have our arms on the table. Oh, okay. Mm, no, thank you. No bueno. I like how in the beginning of the movie they kind of faked, uh, like, they kind of messed with us, like... Look, he's got eye trauma. Is this how he loses his eye? Oh, yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. And then whenever he's like, yeah, my eye's fine, I was like, wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of the youngening technology for Samuel L. Jackson? Oh my gosh, I had no... Like, I know how... I know, I've seen, I've seen pictures of him and everything like that, but like, there was no way that I could have picked that apart because there was nothing to show how old he was. Like, he didn't act old he i mean he he talks the same as he's always talked and whatever but like it was very cool like i really liked it it was pretty awesome how did they do that i don't know oh technology (laughs) i'll have to research after we get done yeah um one one thing that kind of telegraphs his age a little bit is I heard this, I don't know how true it is, but he, like, negotiates in his contract usually that he is not to do any running whatsoever, and they actually got him to do a little bit in this movie, and that little bit that he did looked like he was an older guy trying to run, (laughs) because he's, like, in his 60s or 70s or maybe older than that, I don't remember. It's hard to tell. Yeah, you know, black don't crack, you know how it is, Um, but yeah. That's, uh, from what I've heard, that's, like, the only, uh, that's the only really, t- I mean, from what I can see, like, cause, because I, I heard that before seeing it again. Um, yeah, dermatologists hate him. Okay. <laughs> Let's see here. Samuel L. Jackson, 70. He is 70. 70 years old. Like, even, like, how he looks now, like, without the technology and everything like that? Yeah. Couldn't tell. Couldn't, couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looks good for 70. Um there they they used 
uh, I forget what movie they pulled from, but they they pulled from a specific movie that he was in for a, for a certain year as reference to make him look that you know to make him look that young. So they pulled from a specific age that he was in a in a movie or like you know to make him to model his look after. Was it like pro like was it stage makeup and stuff like that or was it? No, it was computer. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, for but his like, face. It was impossible to tell. Yeah, they've gotten they've gotten really good at it over the years. Yeah, they've been they've been messing around with it. Like you know, from Ant Man, they had um, the the youngified. Um, what's that dude's name? Doug, Douglas um, Man. What's that guy's name? What if it's Douglas Man? <laughs> it's certainly not Douglas Man. Um, man, gosh, I can't. I don't. I gotta look it up now. Um, Michael Douglas. They youngened. They youngened him. They also youngened, youngified, younger, young tat, youngened, youngerized. <laughs> um, what's her name? Michelle Pfeiffer. They did. They youngerized her in that as well. I think they used it in another movie, but I don't recall off the top of my head which one it was. But it's just gotten better and better because they they also did Coulson. Um, they they did him. They made him a bit younger as well. Um, man, I'm blanking on these actors like real names right now. It's the coffee. What? It's the coffee. Nah, it can't be. It can't be. It can be Drake. Nah. Captain, not Coltane. Wow, did you just <laughs> fart? <laughs> That's not what that sounded like. <laughs> All right. Um, Colson, Clark Gregg. Let me show you what he looks like now. All right, so that's him now. Mhm. And that's him in the movie. That's super weird. Yeah. I but mean, also they he just kind of smooth now. They just kind of smoothed him out. In that picture, you can tell that they did some animation work on his face. It looks... Kind of blurry around the edges. His face just looks plasticky. It looks like they're, It looks like a video game character. It's all the Botox. <laughs> but he looks like a... a, a, gri- a gri- Dang it. My mic went out. Ugh. Yell louder about it. Ugh pickles yo all right i'm back oh god dang it all right like i was saying before my mic cut out he just you know i mean no he doesn't look that much older they just kind of smoothed smoothed some of the forehead wrinkles out uh some of the what do they call the crow's crow's feet feet, yeah around his eyes I mean, that's about that's about all the work they had to do and bring his hairline forward. That's about it for him. But yeah, they've they've gotten quite quite good with that technology there. But um, anyway, <laughs> uh, what else here? We haven't really talked much about the movie. Just kind of gripes that I had with it. We've talked around the movie. Yeah, not the movie proper. Um, hmm. what do you think about the, um, Maria Rambo? It's the black chick. Oh, I know who that is. I knew who you meant immediately, because there's only, like, four characters in this movie. 
What do you mean? What did I think of her? Well, I mean, what are your what are your opinions of her, her character, and what she contributed to the movie? I think. Do you think their friendship felt genuine? Um. No. No. I don't think it felt genuine, and I think it's because she was just a plot device to get her to get Brie Larson back to where she came from and mm. to get her more information and things like that. Mm. Um, I liked her character, mm-hmm. but, you know, I just didn't. Yeah, I get you. I understand. I feel you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Affirmative. Roger. I, f- I like that she was in the movie, but I feel like they could have, like, made her more relevant, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Like, she was there. Yeah. But, you know. But that's just it. She was there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, flashbacks to, like, one night hanging out at a bar doing karaoke and stuff like that mm-hmm. does not make me feel like it was there. Yeah. There's um, there's a lot that could have made this movie better than it was. That's not to say that it was a bad movie. It's just it's not as good as it could have been. They had two directors... And uh, let me see. One, two. Wow. It looks like they have six credited writers, but let me check. Uh, screenplay by three people here. Story, one, two, three, four, five. So, yeah. It's too many hands in the pot, too many cooks in, in the kitchen when it comes to this movie. So there was too many. It was just too much going on so i don't know i feel like they neglected that character yeah i mean but they the intent for this character this movie was really just to introduce her so that she could show up and make sense uh for endgame and i feel like i feel like her character will be a lot better in endgame because she's being directed by better directors and the writing is going to be a lot better so I feel like she's going to be better in Endgame and I'm looking forward to that. I'm look that's I think that's what I said the first time I came out of it when I was talking about this with my family that I'm looking forward to seeing how she one meshes with the OG Avengers team and also what the Russo brothers do, when, you know, how they direct her and what comes out of that character when she's under better direction. So that's what I'm looking for uh, with her character in, in particular when it comes to Endgame. So, that's... Uh, you seem pretty excited about it. I am pretty excited about it. At the time that we're recording this, Endgame is like four or five days away. So, pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. He looks really excited. <laughs> been been ready for this since, uh, since Infinity War. You have a really far away look in your eyes right now. Yeah, I'm, like, picturing myself in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You have anything else that's coming to mind right now? You have any further notes? I feel like there were more flashbacks. I feel like the movie was, like, a lot more flashback than there was stuff happening. And I know that that's not the case. But me feeling like that just means that there may have just been too many flashbacks. Mm-hmm. They served a purpose, but like there were some of them that popped up multiple times that just didn't need to pop up multiple times. Yeah. 
I mean, it was just her trying to piece her memory together. Yeah, and I know that that was the point of the movie, is she was, yeah. But, me personally, that was my qualm with it. Yeah. And I can tell that there were things that were cut out, because, um, what's his name? Uh, Jude Law makes reference to the fact that he gave her his blood transfusion when he first picked her up and stuff. And I think, because... I don't know that that was like specifically referenced at any point unless I missed it uh, earlier in the movie, but I feel like that was that might have been a scene that was cut out at some point of them showing her coming back or some or him bringing her back or something like that or actually just the transfusion in general. I don't know, but I feel like that might have been might have been something that was cut out or changed or something like that. But who knows? Um, the big build-up at the end where Ronan comes and he shoots all the missiles that are supposed to blow up Earth and she catches one and throws it back and blows it up and he's just like, well then, on that note, I'm gonna leave. That was pretty funny. <laughs> it's like, never mind, bye. Yeah, but the fact that that's the big action set piece for the movie, that was kind of lame. Anticlimactic, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it did show that she went up there and flew up in space and blew up a whole spaceship just by flying through it. Yeah. So they couldn't have more of it because they were too busy with the flashbacks. I guess, or they couldn't. They didn't want to go too much over budget because they were probably spending a buttload of it making Sam Jackson look young. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm just looking forward to what what they do with her, uh, with her character in Endgame. What else? What else you got? That's it. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Alright. Alright. Let me see. Let me see if I have anything else. I'm like going through the movie in my head right now. Um, oh. I mean this I'm just saying this just for the record that the whole the 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 history of the Tesseract was a little strange. I Personally, I feel like they could have done something different there. Like, instead of trying to wrap the tesser, like wrap this movie in with the other movies using the tesseract, that made it a little bit weird. Like after the fact, I was like looking online trying to figure out how to figure out the timeline and how the Doctor Lady Lawson or whatever her name was the Cree Lady. Oh, Marvel! I forget that. <laughs> <laughs> How she ended up with the Tesseract, but it, you know, once you have somebody else just like, hey, this is, this is, this, you know, somebody whose job it is to go back and watch all the movies and stuff to put the timeline together, you know, once you have that, it's like, it's like, okay, I guess it makes sense. It's not clearly stated how she gets her hands on it, but she's working under the Pegasus, like, foundation or whatever, and Howard Stark, which is Tony Stark's dad, started the Pegasus thingy a long time ago, like, in the 40s or something like that, and then it, you know, maybe not the 40s, maybe, like, the 60s or 70s or something like that. Um, I was gonna say. Yeah, because I think the 40s was Captain America. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, that was, I think that was a little unnecessary. They could have done something else with that, but, but anyway, Anyway, whatever. But but then you know also Pegasus continues on because it's shown I think in the first Avengers when they get the cube. But whatever. So does Fury still have the Flarkin? Um, I I've heard that Goose shows up in uh, 
one of the trailers for Endgame, but I don't. Sick. But he's never, never been present in any of the other stuff, as far as, uh, yeah. Cause I just... mean, he'd probably want to keep the cat out of it, because it's pretty important. <laughs> Maybe. But if she's been, if the cat's been with, um, oh no, it was with Fury at the end. Yeah. No, Farkin's never been there. Chewie has never been there. No, let me not confuse people. Goose has never been there. Chewie. If only they would have kept it comics accurate. But anyway, this is at about 50 minutes, and it's going to be a beast to edit. So, unless you have uh, any other thoughts there that you'd like to like to contribute. Absolutely nothing's going on behind my eyeballs. <laughs> All right. So that's Captain Marvel. Would you say that the movie is rotten? No. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't say that the movie is rotten. Um, I'm curious to see because the the 56 percent from the viewers is with like 18,000 votes or something like that, or 81 or something like that, something really high. Didn't they have to like clear out some of the votes before yeah. the movie even was aired because a lot of people had a problem with it because it had a female lead? Mm-hmm. I think that it's so low. No. I think it's political. Maybe it just depends. You know. Not political, but yeah. I, I There's some butthurtedness there. <laughs> Possibly. It's very possible that that's the case. Um, but I don't know. I'm curious to see what the, uh, what the what the people are saying. But as always, I'll have the link um, in the show notes if you want to look at the reviews yourself. So, uh, if, this, uh, if you like this episode or like what I'm doing here with the podcast in general, feel free to leave a five-star review and leave a comment giving some feedback. As always, I've put the link to the Rotten Tomatoes page in the show notes if you want to look into the movie or read some of the critic and user reviews. I hope you'll join me next week or whenever we get together to do this again. Um, We're in the process of watching the movies for the next TaylorMade episode, so that'll be out whenever we finish finish the other like three movies now we just watched uh, arrival so we have to get through prisoners sicario and um blade runner 2049 we're watching denis villeneuve movies to uh to prepare taylor for uh his directing of the dune movie in the future so until then have a great week and may the force be with you Shut up! <laughs>